0: Welcome to the latest episode of Pixel Drone Show, a weekly podcast where we talk to people doing all sorts of awesome things in the drone industry. I'm Kara Murphy. I'm a little under the weather today, and my co-host is Greg Revertio of Pilot Institute. Haya Kestaloo, unfortunately, cannot be with us today. I'm thrilled to have my good friend Drew Armstrong on. And um, his wife is a writer, and he's actually reached out to me to tell me if I could have Done something a little better, which I do appreciate. Um, Drew is a real estate broker with Armstrong Finders Finder, and Associates based out of Utah. Besides photography services on the side, Drew also provides aerial shots. As you may or may not know, getting a Sony AirPeak to test out is extraordinarily hard, and not too many people have them yet. So, since Drew has invested in one and has been flying it for a while, we thought we'd talk to him about his experiences flying it. We're going to talk about that and also what is possibly next for Sony on today's episode. Welcome to the show, Drew. It's great to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me on, Kara. Um, I I uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk about this a little bit. And I appreciate uh, the opportunity that you've given me to give this about a month of uh of testing, So I could get to the point where I knew it well enough to actually give it a, a fair shake. Um, and it, it's an amazing platform, and it uh, has a few bugs and quirks. So um, it, it, it'll be fun to talk about.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, so we're gonna we typically start off by asking um, how you got into drones in the first place. I know you've been a photographer for a while.
1: Um, I've, I've always been interested in photography. And, uh, I mean, ever since high school, you know, I mean, I'm old enough. I'm 51. And, uh, when I was in high school, I got, uh, Sony AE1 program. Um, and, uh, I could afford black and white film and black and white film pro- processing that I did it myself, did myself for a while. Um, and then it got to the point where I don't know there are other interests and it was too expensive, but it's one of those hobbies for me where I kept coming back to it. And you know, you get pretty deep into it with a new camera for a while, and then you kind of fall out and and things. But uh, I started selling real estate 27 years ago, and um, I was never really happy with the photography that I was getting from people that I'd hire and I have always been a little bit uh, enamored with tech and uh, I had parents that owned a software company in Los Gatos um, back in the early days of Apple and uh, they actually had a a hardware software combination that was the very 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 first um, hardware software combination that allowed you to purchase and burn your own CD-ROMs, and uh, so wow. I've always grown up around a lot of tech, and uh, it, it, it's one of those things that I've paid quite a bit of attention to over the years, and so as, um, as it's iterated, I, because of real estate, I've always had a good camera around, um, but probably seven or eight years ago, I, I got hit with the photography bug again, and uh, this time it hit pretty hard. Um, it was probably 10 years ago. I, I decided I was going to try drones. And at that point I got one that, um, could carry a GoPro. It was not from DJI and it did not have, um, GPS on it. And, uh, I, I went and flew it. I flew it in a gym for a while because I was frustrated with the fact that the thing was flying away from me. Um, you know, it's just strictly ATTI at that point. And, um, and I gave up on it, and I stayed out for about three years. And then I ended up, my very first drone, um, I got within probably six months of release, I got the Inspire 1. And uh, I could not, I, I, I got a, a, a Phantom 3 Pro as my backup at that point. But uh, I, I couldn't even bring myself to fly it for about the first month I had it because I was too afraid that I was <laughs> going to crash it and and uh, since then i moved through I, I got an inspire 1 i did a lot with it including crashing it several times um and and then i got a uh i had the the phantom 3 pro and then i ended up going to a matrice m600 pro and i moved from canon to sony at that point cuz i was flying a uh a sony a7r2 because it was the lightest 4k capable camera that, that, I mean, to, at that point, Canon's equivalent was, uh, nearly probably 40% more expensive and probably weighed twice as much. And so I, I kind of ended up moving to Sony, um, slowly through that process. And, um, and yet uh, when I, uh, I, when, when, DJI came out with the Inspire 2. I wasn't interested to begin with because I had the Matrice. But when they came out with the X7 camera, I switched over and I sold the M600 Pro and the gimbal and the, all the gear, the, all the batteries, the battery chargers, everything with that. And when I sent that away, and this is something that's pretty important for people who don't have a lot of experience with heavy lifts. When I sent that away, it was 180 pounds of gear that I sent away to the guy who bought it from me, and um, and so I I I quickly became very aware of the fact that sometimes um, portability is a factor, and uh, I I uh, one of the first things that I did is I actually sorry to stand up right in the middle of this, but I have a picture here is. I thought that the Inspire 2 was so portable that I took it to uh, to Ireland and Scotland. I've flown it in, I think, four six countries. Um, but I I took it out there and because I was like, oh my gosh, it's so little compared to the M600 Pro, and uh, <laughs> I I. I have really enjoyed it and I, I I probably fly two or three times a week normally. And, um, and I still have it and it's a fantastic platform, but it has some problems of its own and uh, it's showing its age a little bit. Um, I've got one for sale if anybody needs one. Um, and, and so I've kind of been looking for a, a new solution and, and uh, when, when the, Airpeak was announced. Um, I, it really caught my attention, uh, because I'm pretty deep into the Sony ecosystem at this point. But I also was very interested and looked, um, pretty seriously as at the FreeFly fly Astro. And, uh, I ended up going with the Airpeak and the Airpeak certainly has some issues. Um, but for me, it, it's, uh, I mean, one thing that's nice about Sony is they give you 30 days and you can return it. And as that 30-day mark counted down, I was pretty torn for a while. But I ultimately, because of what I'm getting, um, and and for me, stills are, I think the jury would be out a little bit more if video was a, a greater portion of what I did, but stills are really important to me. And uh, the stills that I get off this are so good compared to uh, uh, anything else that I've been able to fly. Um, I just said, no, I got to keep it.
2: It, It's interesting you mentioned uh, Inspire 2 being a portable platform. And now today you look at a Mavic 3 that does not exactly the same, obviously, but has extreme capabilities in that extra portable format kind of makes me think sometimes about where we're going, but we'll, we'll come back to the portability because I want to have a discussion about this when we uh, start talking about the air peak. Uh, but, but before we get there, can you tell us more about your uh, brokerage firm and kind of what you do uh, on a day-to-day basis with the uh, it, uh, Armstrong Flinders and Associates?
1: Yeah. So we're our, our brokerage, we're Armstrong Flinders and Associates where we have a DBA that's a uh, Utah real Estate.net, And I've, been selling real estate for 27 years. It's like my only real career. Um, I think I could actually make a, a living um, in photography at this point if I really wanted to, but I don't think I would make the same kind of living that allows me to afford the equipment that I use um, if I was trying to be a photographer um, instead of a realtor. But I, we are a small firm. I've owned a couple of Remax franchises in the past. Um, but I've, I have a partner, and uh, he and I have been partners for 20 years. Um, we uh, I think last year we did about $45 million in sales. And um, there, there's he and I and his wife works as a fill-in buyer's agent for us now and then. And we have a licensed assistant, and that's it. Um, we tried the big brokerage, tried babysitting a bunch of agents and things like that. But uh, we uh, we've had lots of assistance. At one point, I employed uh, two guys that went out and took all the pictures for me. In 2006, in one year, I sold 233 homes with my partner Matthew. And so um, we don't do that anymore. Um, our clients have grown up with us, and uh, I think last year we sold about 90, and we're super happy with 90 transactions. So that's what we do. But uh, I I have either trained the the employees to take the pictures for us, or I have taken them myself, um, through the years because I've had such a hard time, um, creating a system where I had a, uh, outside contractor that was a photographer that worked for us. Um, but I didn't have full control of their schedule. And then eventually we'd get settled into something and then they would leave and they would move on or stop doing real estate photography or with the fluctuations in the real estate market, they're flush for a while and then it gets really uh, thin and, and the other realtors that they had that they were working with um, stopped hiring somebody and were doing it themselves. And so they'd leave the industry or just go back straight to weddings or whatever they did but it wasn't something that I could count on. And so I, I got to the point where I was like, no, I'm just going to have to do this myself. And so I've always done it myself. It's not, if if I didn't enjoy it so much, I wouldn't. Um, but for me, the the photography end of, of real estate is the part that I get to go play with my toys with. And so I, I, I like that part and uh, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't feel um, mundane or... I'm never bored going and taking pictures of, of homes. And so um, that that's never been a problem for me. At this point, I do a lot of architecture um, and I do a lot of uh, landscape and some travel photography. Um, and I enjoy all of that. But.
0: That's awesome. So on the photography part of your business, um, what percentage of it do you think drones constitute?
1: Uh, probably 30%. I mean, you know, you, 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 go and you, if you do a good job with the external, I mean, the exterior photography, um, you will use more of it. Uh, a lot of people don't do, um, much in terms of, you know, most of the pictures that they take to market, the real estate are, are interior. Um, which makes sense. I mean, really people are buying a living space, but I also believe that uh, you you sell the, you know, we always talk about real estate, it's location, 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 and, and there is some truth to that. And if you can uh, demonstrate to people what the location is like, where they could possibly live, how close the property is to the, the elementary school that the kids are going to go to or walk to every day, or churches or anything like that you can explain a lot more than just what the house looks like with a good drone shot. And, um, and so we do, we do quite a bit. I, I actually, uh, one of my favorite things to do, I, in Utah, I was actually the very first guy that I know of, and I know a lot of, a lot of drone photographers here, but I was the first guy to get a daylight waiver. Um, I got my part one Oh seven within, I think I got it in September, maybe October of, uh, after they released the part 107, we actually had a, my business partner has a sport pilot's license and we had a, our 333 um, application in and we had had it in for a year. And so it was kind of like the part 107 and the whether or not the 333 would, would come out. Um, we, we were really close and we probably almost got a 333. If it had been a couple more months, we probably would have ended up with one of those. But, um, but I got my part one Oh seven and then I got a daylight waiver and I had a lot of other, um, photographers and drone folks that would hire me to be the pick, um, for shoots that they were doing, um, because they didn't have one yet. And so, um, I, I love doing, um, golden hour or blue hour photography or even straight nighttime photography. So for me, low light performance on a drone is extremely important. And, and uh, you know, I mean, they're good. The Inspire 2 is good with the X7 in terms of low light performance for stills. It is not good for video. Um, in my experience, I've had to use uh, denoising software on the video that I've taken at night um pretty extensively in the past um i've got a uh a mavic 3 cine right now and my gosh that is an impressive drone really for low light i'm yeah. i'm astounded um but the the fact that you can change uh lenses on the inspire or on the uh on the air peak is is super powerful super super powerful and uh i'm I love getting, um, compression that you can get from a long lens, for example, that you just can't get with, uh, with a a Mavic. And, you know, when you're, when your focus is photography, that type of thing, um, becomes more important than just, just, uh, you know, I mean, I'm looking at, at the art aspect of it. I'm looking at, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you can see this as far as the screen share goes but i will share some of these other pictures but right now i'm sharing a cityscape that i shot of salt lake city uh, about a week ago and the the when you're shooting with a longer lens this was taken with a 50 millimeter i think and it keeps the the picture of the of the buildings that are in the background um, relatively speaking, larger than in the foreground. And if people don't understand what compression is um, when we're talking about compression with different focal lengths, I think probably the easiest thing to demonstrate what we're talking about is um, when people take a picture of a moon coming up over a mountain and the moon is huge, that's compression. Because you, you, if you, you know, you have a, a tree that's up on the top of the mountain that, goes a third of the way into the moon. Well, if you're taking that from two miles away on a valley floor, the relative size of the moon compared to the tree is very, very different. Than, um, if you know, if, if you've got uh, a wide-angle lens, you know, the moon is a dot up in the sky and, and the tree is almost invisible. And so if you want a picture where you can see more of the actual uh, depth in the picture than having longer lenses and the ability to use them makes a huge difference. So,
2: yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the 45 mil on the Inspire two with the uh, the X5S that's my favorite lens. It just gives you such a different perspective that you don't, especially on a drone, you don't usually get that kind of uh, of close up because everybody flies uh, the, the the focal lengths that are very wide, and uh, it's it, it adds a lot of diversity. I, I, I like that. Um, <clears throat> How is it? How difficult is it to sell your clients on a um, on a drone package versus just a ground only package? Or do you even give them the option? Is everything that you sell just yeah? It's all included.
1: Yeah, I I do the because my client is not a realtor. So if you're a photographer and you're going out and trying to talk the the client into um, working on some photography with you or, or whatever, then you're saying, ah, oh, it's going to be a little bit more, a little bit less. And the truth is, is that right now real estate is selling so quickly pretty much across the country that the, the photographer groups that I'm in that do real estate photography have a hard time um, upselling realtors to good photography sometimes because they, the realtor knows that that house is going to sell in three minutes. Anyhow, And so they're a little bit like, uh, why would I do that? Because I could probably take a picture with a cell phone or sell it without any pictures at all. Um, anyhow, but you're not going to attract as many people. And for me, I kind of pride myself in doing a really good job. I would rather get 11 offers and push the price up because I I mean, that sounds bad, but at the same time, my poor uh, seller is going to become a buyer on the other end and have to go through that whole process on the buy side as well. And we need to get them as much as they can so they can compete on the buyer side. But um, the, the thing that I always tell the, the photographers that I know that are trying to figure out how to upsell things with uh, their clients is, is that if you can do a really good job, the market is not going to always be like this. And the, the content that is created from the good listings that you got as examples as to what you can do and what your capabilities are is how you sell yourself to your client in the future and if yep. uh, if you're short-sighted enough that you're not thinking you know I don't list million dollar houses every day and I've got a million dollar listing when dang it you better take really good, create really good uh, photography and videography so that, you know, three years from now when the market is not where it is now, you can, you can say, Hey, look what I can provide to you. Look, look at this amazing photography or videography. This is what we do to sell homes. And they get to see a house that even if you sold it three years ago, looks like their house. And it looks like the kind of photography and videography that they are hoping that they will have um done for their home and it, it yeah. it's like you, you either you either do it when you've got it available or you're going to end up scrambling and trying to create it um from listings that aren't even yours later which is stupid so
2: yeah build up that portfolio for sure uh, have you considered exactly. fpv footage for indoors um I, I see i see this as a trend more and more people doing this that's something that interests you
1: yeah, it does interest me and I have a Cine Whoop that I bought from um, can't remember. I've got it right here, but I'm not I'm not a fantastic uh, pilot. Not good enough that I can feel comfortable flying my little Cine Whoop around in somebody's house yet.
2: Yep. So. Yeah. So it takes it takes some some serious skills for sure. So Yeah. So But
1: that that look that look is is obviously getting more and more popular so yep
0: yeah definitely um especially when you start seeing it in mainstream music videos um so my question is what types of drones are your go-to for professional work
1: um well let's see right now i own five drones um and I I would sell the Inspire 2, I think, if I can get a decent price. If I can't, I am kind of emotionally involved with it at this point. But um, I I have an Inspire 2. I've got the, um, the Airpeak now, and I've had that for about a month. I've got a Mavic 3 uh, Cine that I replaced the Mavic 2 Pro that I used to have with the 3 Cine. And I have a... Uh, uh, and, and it's interesting what I use it for. I've, I've got the little uh, Cine Whoop and then I've got a uh, Phantom 4 Pro, um, that uh, I actually had one and then I sold it and then I bought another one because there was a pretty killer deal on one. But the Mavic 4 Pro fills in as my, um, you, you know, just a spare in case something happened to something else. But really what I use it for is it's a light truck for me. I I do exterior lighting with it. And I I have um some Lytra cubes. I've, I've tried Loom Cubes and Lytra cubes and all kinds of things and I've got some Lytra lights. And I, I I think the perfect example of this in landscape photography is if you have a Mac computer and you have the new version of the operating system with Monterey in the um In the screensaver pictures, there's a new album of pictures of, of an area that's kind of right in between both of us, Greg, it's called White Pocket. It's right on the border of, uh, of Utah and, uh, Arizona. And though there are some, you know, they, they're doing those day to night kind of pictures where, with the, with the, um. New uh, dark mode and the dark mode pictures of the same thing. I mean, they're great. They're fantastic pictures. Someday we'll know who actually shot them because I usually know most of the guys that have, have shot the pictures, but they are in, under a keep your mouth shut about who did it um, thing with Apple. But they're lit and, and so they, they have taken a drone, put it up just outside of the frame. And taking a picture of this rock formation that is lit from above. Now I've done that with homes. And so I like to do like I'll take a I'll take a, a picture sometimes with a drone, sometimes with a steel camera on a tripod, where I've lit the house on most usually on the front. So you tip the cubes a little bit forward and then provide some of that, be, do a long exposure picture of the front of the house with, uh, with, uh, kind of a lower level. It's not a flash, but a lower level of light on the face of the home. And so, um, th- that's mostly what I use the Mavic for. I mean, the, the, uh, Phantom 4 for at this point. So.
2: I love that. I love the light painting techniques. It's it takes such a long time to to do those pictures, but the the results are just amazing. We did a, a couple here in the area. We actually built a drone just to carry big lights uh for it. Oh, wow. So I appreciate that you're using the Phantom Four to Yeah, we build an octocopter that can carry two uh, studio lights on top of it and light up a bigger, larger area. And uh yeah, it's um uh, I appreciate that you're doing this with a Phantom four as a as a truck to carry those lights. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, if I needed to cover a bigger space, then I would have a problem. But, uh, you, you know, usually a long exposure. So, you know, uh, it, 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 this doesn't work very well for, for video, but for stills, yeah. you know, you, you, if you do a 10 second exposure or something, then it'll soak up enough light from the phantom while it's up there that you'll get a, a pretty good, uh, a picture. I, I've also done a lot of, uh, a lot of photography where you're actually um, doing a halo or or swirls yeah. or corkscrews or things like that as something that's just an interesting thing. I, you know, a lot of times you'll put that up and and put it to where it's doing a, a, a circle around the top of a tower or a hoodoo or something like that out out in the desert. But that's a little bit more for the fun aspect of it, not the not the consumer professional kind of uh, deliverable. Yeah production
2: so yeah the creative stuff well let, let's go ahead and, uh, and switch gears and talk about the air peak uh what is it that attracted you to the air peak versus another platform you mentioned earlier you were looking at the alta as well what what was the pros and cons kind of well let's talk about the pros we'll talk about the cons later okay
1: um it, full control of the camera while it's in the air and and being able to carry a flagship camera um, and that here's the beautiful thing about one of these is that we have had the X7 on the Inspire 2 and it was a new camera, right? They came out with the X5 and then they came out with the X7 for, for the Inspire 2 or the X4 to begin with and then the X5 and the X7. And, and so they have released some pretty, you know, they, they've updated them, but where's our new camera for this platform? Um, with the Airpeak, the advantage that we have, and I keep up on cameras, I've got a, um, and it's because I love them, but I've got a Sony A1 and I've got a Sony A7R4. And I've got a Sony A7R3 as well. You know, you need to have a spare camera around to make sure that if your teenager wants to go do night photography with you, you can you can go do Milky Way stuff with, with him if he's interested enough, you know. So... Um, so I, I keep up on them, but but just this past weekend um, on Sony Alpha Rumors, they, they let a rumor out that they've gotten information that the new Sony um, A7R5 will have a 100-megapixel oh, wow. sensor. And <clears throat> the ability to fly any alpha series camera that you want to fly, whether you want to go do Aurora aerial photography at night in, uh, you know, uh, up in uh, Iceland or Greenland or whatever, wherever you're going or Alaska. And, and you can fly in a 7s three or you can fly an a one or you can fly whatever you want. That's a game changer. And I can switch between cameras. I know some people where they've purchased more than one gimbal for this. And so that they, they keep one gimbal with a mounted um, and, and the way they're using it is not switching between cameras. They're using the same camera for for both shots, but they'll switch between lenses. And so they can just take land the drone and you have to land it pretty regularly because the battery life isn't amazing and, and clip off the one gimbal and flip, pop the next one on and away it goes with a different focal length and a different camera. That's amazing. That is, I mean, that, that is a real game changer as far as that goes and being able to control the, uh, the, the ISO and the aperture and, and the shutter speed and switch between, uh, video and, and stills on a real camera I mean, we can do that and we take that for granted on a, uh, you know, a, a DJI platform, the ability to just to say, okay, now I'm going to take video. Now I'm going to take stills. That's not something that's easy to do with, with a non integrated camera. And <clears throat> the fact that you can do all that with this is, is incredible and it is a game changer. The reason that ultimately I didn't go with, um, the, the solution from FreeFly, because it's small, it's a lot bigger drone when it's unfolded than the AirPeak is. Um, but, but that's when you undo the booms, but they're both compact enough that if you wanted to throw one on a backpack and hike it into somewhere, you could do that with either of these. But the, the Astro, um, from FreeFly is designed for mapping and when they first announced it the only lens that was um, that it was capable of carrying was the 35 millimeter f2.8 from Zeiss and, uh, and that's, a, that's a great lens. I went out and bought it because I wanted to, to know whether or not that would um, work and I kind of was thinking well maybe I'll go with this drone um, at this point, Sony has come out with a line of lenses that are, they've, a uh, 3G series lenses. Um, two of them are F 2.5. Um, they've got a 40 and a 50 millimeter F 2.5, and then they've got a, uh, a 24 millimeter F 2.8, and it will also balance and fly the F 2.8, uh, 24 millimeter. So you've got a 35 and a 24, and they're talking about figuring out how to make the 50 work on it. But that's it. It is not an adjustable gimbal. And without having an adjustable gimbal, you're limited to the lenses that happen to work with the power of the existing motors that are on that thing, on that gimbal. And and so you can't get the the different focal lengths, which is fine if you're taking a straight down picture of the ground, but it is not fine when you're trying to to go actually create art, um, so to speak. So that, that's mm-hmm. ultimately the reason that I didn't go for that. I'm very jealous of a couple of things on that that we'll talk about when we talk about the downsides of this drone or the weaknesses of it. But, um, the upside is that you can carry any Sony Alpha camera and, and, uh, y- there are some things that are still coming. Um, I, I have to completely rely on autofocus or I have to switch it into manual because there is no focus control on the camera. But the new Sony cameras, if you get a, you know, if you get an A1 or, I mean, it, the, the, the autofocus is literally magic and it is, it is tweakable to the point where you can slow it down. So if you want cinematic shots, you can make it so that you're, you're looking at one thing and then you look at something else and the focus will slowly blend into the other, other um, subject as you're, as you're changing where the camera is pointing. Um, and, and they are, uh, I, I know that very soon there is going to be, as with the Mavic three, they're going to iterate on the firmware and the software and add some more features that are, that are coming. I've, I've been talking to them, and they—they they, I actually trust them with this. They're like that—that's coming, that's going to be here, um, and we're going to see that pretty soon. So, um,
2: yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a Panasonic guy, and so the uh, the Sony, I'm very jealous of the Sony autofocus, which is uh, out of this world.
1: <laughs> it is. I, at, at the same time, sometimes when I'm doing stills, I just lock it into, um, and and I can see. If I'm not doing stills, I can flip it over where you do uh, focus peaking. And I yep. like literally in super low light, I've, I've taken the, the drone and you tip it and fo- point it at something else. And then you tip it back and then it, it does its quick focusing and you can see that it's peaking in the right spots. And you can see all the focus peaking right on the, on the screen. And it, it I mean, it works well enough for me. Um, the focusing is not it's not at all an issue for me on this. It's not one of the things I'd go, geez, I sure wish it would work better because it, it works great. And, mm-hmm. and that's not that's an awesome. issue, but being able to actually see, see the result of the, of the changes on the screen, it's basically like having a mirrorless camera in your hands. And, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty good. And, and I, I, uh, I enjoy that functionality with my, my, uh, Inspire 2 with the, with the, um, what am I saying? The, the, the remote. Um, I like being able to have those tactile buttons and change the settings on the fly quickly. And, uh, with, with the Sony, you, you get that experience, except you're actually flying a real camera with a lot more lenses. I think there are 14 approved lenses. Uh, maybe 11 um, but as long as the payload is um, under five and a half pounds total with the camera the gimbal and the lens you can fly and and you can control anything um, they have made it they've dumbed it down a little bit it has a grimsy gimbal and it the the, the grimsy gimbal is is the standard grimsy gimbal with a couple of tweaks to it and so you can use the G suite that they have with Grimzi to actually modify the gimbal settings on this gimbal. But they've also dumbed it down to where if you're using one of the 11 Sony lenses, um, all you have to do is select which camera and which, which lens, and it will set the gimbal settings, the stiffness of it and everything um, immediately for that specific package. And there have been some tweaks. They're improving that as, as the, it, during the last five weeks or six weeks that I've had this, they have improved those settings. Even Um, one of the things that we found is sometimes in super cold weather, obviously the gimbal performance is a little bit different than if it's warm where they have set it up. So you have to change the stiffness Mm -hmm. stiffness of it. If you're trying to get video um, a little bit in, in cold weather versus warm weather.
2: Interesting.
0: So um, there are, I think pretty much all of the Sony cameras are compatible with the Airpeak. Which, if you could only choose one, which one would it be? I mean, just talking about versatility.
1: For, for me, because I, I do stills more than anything else, um, I've flown, probably flown the A7R4 more than I have flown my A1, but I've flown both of them. The A1 probably has with its stacked sensor, it probably has a little bit better low light performance than the A7R4 does. So if I'm going out to take night pictures, I think I probably would fly the A1 a uh, little bit more than the R4. Um, the, the focusing is better on the A1 as well, but it, that's, a, that's a hard call. Uh, one of them's a 50 megapixel camera and the other one's a 61 megapixel camera. So they're both just out of this world as far as the, the what what kind of picture you're actually getting from it. The pictures when you see them, the resolution coming. I mean, we I know what the seven R four's resolution looks like on the ground, um, and so it's it's the same. It's you know you're in the sky or on the ground. It's it, it, I always say, well, the the drone is like having, for me, it's like having a four hundred foot tripod, but it's. Um, there is a dramatic difference in the quality of the pictures. Even if you compress them and crush them down to put them on Facebook, people see them and they're going, yeah, they can tell that there's a difference. And, and I mean that the, the Mavic three is really good. It is. I mean, it is really good. The Inspire two is really good. This is a completely different level. Uh, for one, I, I can crop in to something where I, I can look at something and I can get the same resolution. I mean, 60 megapixels is like what five or six times as many pixels as a 20 megapixel uh, X7 has on it. So it it is astounding how much resolution you're you're actually able to capture. I've never seen that. I've I, I actually flew. Um, a, I have a friend that a lot of us know, uh, John McBride, who at this point, I think John's with Autel, but uh, John had me up and and asked me to come up and fly when he very first got in the very first package that Faze made, because they had a customer that was going to buy one of these, and I went up and flew the, I actually, I made him fly it, because I was, I, I had a lot of experience with the Matrice M600. But I was like, if you're going to crash this thing into something, I want it to be you, not me. And so I was on the second remote and I was controlling the camera to show him how to, you know, he's not a photographer. To show him, okay, this is is what you do to control the camera with the phase system that at that point was a 50 megapixel phase camera. And, you know, that package, I think, was about $75,000 at that point this is probably what four years ago and uh, Mm -hmm. they've increased the resolution of that phase camera that you can fly on that package. But I think it's a hundred megapixels now. And so you're flying a medium format. That is the only like package that out the door, you can get the whole thing that all works together. That has a picture that is anywhere near what this is, what you're able to capture with this. Um, can so, you also I,
2: control the camera from uh, from that system?
1: Yes, you can.
2: Or or is it set? You can, yeah. Because that's always the biggest issue is being able to control that camera. I know you said you had a Matriz 600 with a, a Ronin on it. Uh, I tested that for a while and that was just non-usable from not being able to make any changes to the settings or t- or even push the shutter button. That that just doesn't work. So, yeah, some of these solutions are not perfect in that sense.
1: Yeah, I uh, with that, I... And, and they call it something else um, at this point. But I had the Air Commander from a Hungarian company. And uh, it worked. And the new version, I understand, works quite a bit better than, than what I was using at the time. But you're running, you know, basically you're running three different systems. You, you're running the DJI system. You're running the Sony system. And then you're running the Air Commander to run that. And, and just the setup time alone, when you get on, on yep. scene and it's like, okay, now I got to go fly. It, it's just, it was just too much. And, and with, you know, mm-hmm. when I mean, I'm fast and light, I'm not an industrial drone flyer. I'm, I, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get, you know, I, I need to get to the location and get up in the air and get a picture of a sunset while the sun is still setting. And I, I can't do that. I mean, heck, sometimes I haven't been able to do that with my Mavic three because it takes so long to acquire that 11th satellite
2: <laughs> to get the but, GPS,
1: <laughs> but, but yeah, I can, I mean, I can literally get into, into place and I can, I can pop the, the gimbal on or have it on already and put it up. Uh, GPC has a new case that I can't wait till I get it. Cause um, the, the Sony air peak is right around in the back of my truck, but I can't, I mean, you know, I could, I can be in the air minutes after I'm on, on station, ready to go. And, and the wow. fact that it uses two batteries instead of six is a huge advantage. Um The downside is the flight time on this thing is, is low. And, uh, it, yep. it, and I'm, I, ultimately, that's not the big. That was not the big issue for me. Um, I I can get what I need to get in twelve minutes, no problem. Um, and it, and I actually know that new batteries are coming, and I think that they'll probably add eh, maybe three or four more minutes to the flight time, the existing flight time of the the current battery tech that they're using in this. And three or four more minutes. So if you take it from twelve. To, to fourteen or fifteen minutes, I, I'm going to be super thrilled with that. I'm going to be happy with that, but um, it's a little short. You know, by the time you you get up and you get to the point where it's ready to start pushing the shutter button, you get your whole shot lined up. You probably have about eight minutes of of productive flight time compared to getting there and getting back. So I, I've learned some things about that that are uh, more advantage the uh, more advantageous you know, fly the small lenses makes a huge difference. And those of us who haven't had experience with uh, heavy lifts, don't think about the fact that, that the heavier the package that you're trying to fly will have a, a an immediate impact on, on how much flight time you're actually getting. And um, I, you know, if, if I put, and it's fantastic to be able to do this and I do it but you put a 14 millimeter G master F 1.8 on this or a 24 millimeter. Oh, sorry about that right there. You put a 24 millimeter um, F 1.4 G master on this and the light gathering is out of this world. There's just nothing like it, but you're really going to lose. I mean, you probably lose a minute and a half or two minutes of flight time just for flying a lens that is twice as heavy as the little ones that they I, I think Sony made the three new lenses um specifically to fly on this drone. Uh, I that I mean nobody's told me that but but I think that they I think they released them for this drone. So, yeah. so um, what is
2: what is the one what is the one thing that you love absolutely about this drone? <laughs>
1: that it's not the drone that I love. It's the ability to carry that camera to have a a, a picture, the high resolution picture and completely control it all through one package. I love that. Uh, And ultimately once I fixed this one other problem, that was the thing that I just, I, you know, you just have to sit down and say, look, you know, the inspire is a known quantity. I love it. I've used it for years, and frankly, for the amount of money, I mean, I'm probably $20,000 into this Inspire 2. When you count all the lens package, and you count the remotes, and you count the sendants, and and you look at everything, I think it's about a $20,000 package for me. Um, This is probably about the same when it comes down to it, maybe a little less um, and it depends on which camera you're flying. But the camera is so, so, so much better. The glass is so much better. And and when you start looking at that, I'm like, well, okay. I'm probably literally 80-20 stills versus uh, video with what I do. And of the video, the Mavic 3 Pro can get, I, I mean, really I can do, of the video that I need to get, I can get with that one and be super thrilled. Just happy all day long with it. So for me, this drone and the reason that I'm super happy with it, and I'm like, ultimately, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it even if it doesn't have some of the things that the, that, that I'm gonna lose by selling the uh, Inspire 2 is the quality of the camera and the glass and the the resolution of the photography that I can get out of it is just a complete game changer um, for what I do. And, and so ultimately, I, 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 let me tell you, I was going to return it until, and, and now we can get into, I guess we can get into some of the negatives. <laughs> I would not have kept the drone without modifying it with covert drones with one of these, one of these. The Alien Tech um, Duo two on there and and uh, actual you know the old hack modification that you do with the uh, with uh, I mean I heck we had we had to do those back in the day I I modified the remote for the um, Matrice M six hundred and I modified my remotes for the early Phantoms and I modified the remotes for the um, the uh, uh, Inspire One, and and remember that when the Inspire Two came out with before the 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 uh, sentence remote came out, I was not happy. At, a lot of people weren't happy with that remote and its transmission capability. Um, we don't remember that because we're so spoiled with OcuSync at this point. But um, yep. B- but. Remotes and and how far away it could transmit was a major, major problem early on. And this is going back to that experience um, as far as that goes. Sony is not DJI when it comes to their ability to uh, transmit the video and the images. This, out of the box, this is literally like flying a Wi-Fi um, Mavic Mini. It, it's that bad. Um, I could fly it and I could see it, not just see it. I could hear the props and I was losing connection to it.
2: Wow.
1: So, it, you know, all of a sudden you would lose connection. The gear would go up, return to home sequence would start. And you're like, I'm watching this happen. It's right there. I can hear it still. And uh, I, I, if this modification hadn't worked, and I figured it would, um, I, I, I wouldn't have kept it. And, and I know some people that have returned them because of that, because that is the weak point. I, when you have a six and a half pound drone that's carrying a five and a half pound payload, I'm not worried about the battery life. That, that's, that's pretty good, actually, for... For the the size of the drone compared to the payload, we're doing great, and I'll I'll trade that off because I like the I like the uh, the size is is hugely important to me. Um, you know, this will fit in a box. The box that is coming from GPC um, is the same size as the box for my um, Phantom. Uh, I mean, I'm in my uh, Inspire two. So it, it, it's that small. It'll fit in a box that is the same size as the Inspire Two box, and to be able to to do that is it, it, it's awesome. Go ahead. So,
2: is that modification that you did is that a, a notification that is done by Sony, or is that you <laughs> that literally no, no, hacked no. it? To make it I, work,
1: I, yeah, I I send it away to covert drones and give them a shout out, and uh, they charge about three hundred fifty dollars to actually modify the remote. Back in the day, I modified some of them myself, but I feel a lot more comfortable modifying a three hundred fifty dollar Phantom remote for the first time than digging yeah. into the guts of of an eleven hundred dollar Sony Airpeak remote. And so I I sent it away to him. Um, Is the first one he'd ever seen. He opened it up, modified it. He sent me pictures of the of the antennas. It has two antennas, but the the little patch antenna that they've got is like about the size of a fifty cent piece or a quarter. You know, in between those two, it's teeny. He's like, I haven't seen one like this since the Phantoms, the Phantom Three, maybe, um, as the wow. onboard uh, antenna. That it's a real problem the difference is is that with the new modified remote i can fly to 6000 feet which is really about as far as i can see so but i can fly to 6000 feet at 200 feet agl and i'm like that's that's it that's fine I, I i can work with that i can do everything i need to do in in that kind of range that's no longer an issue for me um, now I'm like, well, you know, I'd like you to fix these little quirks and they're working on them and I'd like some new batteries. But other than that, that was that was the if that doesn't get resolved, I'm not keeping it. I can't live with it. If, if it's starting to disconnect at 2,500 feet, I, 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 you know, that's not going to work.
0: So what do you think Sony could do to improve their Airpeak drone?
1: Um there are there are several things. Um and they're working on them, at least they've told me that they are. Um one is uh the batteries. Um and and the batteries the way it's been explained to me is they say Sony is such a green company. They're really worried about the batteries being a problem and and they're talking about toxicity. Um and so the these are not lipo batteries. They're lithium ion. Um, which in some ways is a huge advantage, but, um, the, when you look at the size of the battery relative to its weight, they are lightweight batteries compared to, for their size. They are lighter than an Inspire 2 battery. Um, and, and so that, that's a little weird. Um, but they have used battery tech that is not, um, it's not as energy dense as it could be, and uh, so they're they're working on that. And I think that's something that uh, I, I actually trust that they'll come out with a battery. And if they can add three or four or five more minutes to the flight time, that's going to be wonderful. Um, you know, you remember with uh, like with my uh, Matrice M six hundred um dji came out with the two different sizes that w- were and and they've they've done that with the inspire one and stuff where they've got the one that's the as big as they can make it and then they've got the one that you could fly um on a commercial airline
2: as many as you wanted tb 50 and 55 yeah
1: yeah it, and uh it, i mean there's room for them to make these batteries bigger and there's room inside to to change the the uh the tech and the formulation of the battery and give us some more time and i think if they fix that i'm going to be thrilled they still are working through for some of the guys that are flying it for video um they're they're working through some of the things to make it so the gimbal works better um i think i i think that if i were if i was going to be critical of sony i'd say why didn't you build your own damn gimbal but at the same time they built their own drone and the drone has some downsides too and going to uh going to Grimsey who knows what they're doing with gimbals um it, it, you know i can see why they decided to do that but if they had an integrated gimbal um that that may have been a little smarter um i i am not the world's best gimbal um balancer well, i could balance it all day long it's the adjustments to get, you know, to the motors to get a, a fluid um, high-speed turn or something like that. I'm not great at that, but I don't need it much. So that that's not a huge deal to me. The other thing that's interesting is <clears throat> this Sony drone has fantastic sensors on it. I mean, probably the best sensors. Oh, there's another drone I have. I have a Skydia 2. It probably has the best sensors of any drone. Except the Scadia 2 that I have. Um, I, I, I can't crash it in daylight. I can't crash it into anything. It, it is very adjustable, very sensitive. It's very aware and it does a lot of, uh, self-flying, so to speak. It, it, it does a good job with that. Um, but you may have seen one of the, ads that they've got where they fly the drone through a tunnel, like a big mountain tunnel. That's a, you know, like a mile long and they're flying this drone right through the tunnel. The drone is doing that. That's not good piloting. That's the drone. Anybody can do that with this drone. It's amazing. It has upward and downward IR sensors. And then it has optical sensors on all four sides and it works well. Um, But, One of the things that they've kind of missed is the first time I flew it when it was really dark. Um, I had some problems because you have to like, like they have, they have, uh, the normal mode and then they have a mode that they call velocity mode, which is basically, um, it's kind of like ATTI with, uh, uh, a GPS hold. And then they've got the purely manual mode, like a ATTI mode. Um, but the velocity mode is what you, I mean, it will not take off like a Skydio 2 will not take off if it's too dark and you're in the normal mode. It won't take off at all. It just says it's too dark for me. I can't see. I'm not flying. Um, they need a nighttime mode because when you put it into the velocity mode, while it's not responding to all the sensors, the sensors are still talking to the brain of the drone and you try to land it and it would, it would come down and then it would get phantom, um, you know, uh, r- responses, I think from the bl- lower IR sensors and it would jump itself back up about six inches as you're trying to land it. And, um, the only way you can do that is you force it down with your left stick. And then you have to move it to, you know, move the sticks to the center in mode two to shut the motors down. And one time I, I did that and I'm going, what, the, the first time I did that, I'm going, what is going on? And I forced them to the middle. And I think one of those times I moved one of the sticks faster than I moved the other. And it shot sideways carrying an A1. So you've got this $20,000 package that's going sideways. Fortunately, it didn't go towards my truck, but if it had gone towards my truck, I mean, we, I think we would have had a big problem. And, and they need to completely disable those sensors at night with a a nighttime mode. Maybe bring up a big warning screen that says, look, you're not protected by sensors at this point. But it, it, it's not seeing where the ground is and it is reacting to the, to not seeing the ground. I have solved that by either landing and taking off in the headlights of the truck. Or I've actually, one of the things that I've done is, well, actually it's on here still. Here's my firehouse strobe, right? But um, is I put one of the loom cubes or the litra cube on the back, boom, facing down so it's not in the way at all. And then when I'm flying, if I'm trying to land, it's shining at the ground. I haven't had that problem again. Because it's li- it's self lighting the ground up that it's trying to land on, and then it's fine. Um, but that was that was a little freaky to begin with. The other thing is is that sometimes in low light, um, the first times I was flying it, it would it, it, the the optical sensors that are around it would malfunction, and it would think that there was something. Like I'd fly it and it would stop after about fifteen feet. And then you fly it another 15 feet and it would stop and another 15 feet because it's uh, it thinks it's detecting something in low light. Now I pretty quickly learned, okay, fly it in a velocity mode, and that doesn't happen, but it there there are some quirks, and some of these are just being used to DJI software. Um, you know, it's just like learning how to fly a SkyDio or learning how to fly, well, any other platform when you're used to one. You got to learn the idiosyncrasies of that specific software setup in that drone. Um, So a lot of these are, are just, I think, fixable um, by me. So I think it's like user error to some degree or not even error, just unfamiliarity with the software. And there are some things that I think that they need to address. And I think they will. Um, They're, they're looking for feedback and they're getting quite a bit of feedback from people who are pretty serious users, and I, I think we're going to see some changes quickly to, to both the software that resides on the iPad or, and the the firmware for the drone itself.
2: Yeah, and I think you, this is a version 1.0, obviously. So they, they'll they be learning a lot from the feedback they get from people like you, especially uh, with all the feedback that you've been having from flying it. Now, I have a question about maybe Sony's strategy. I know you don't work for them, but you've been following them for a while. Why what, what do you think they get into the drone space? Are they trying to uh, compete with DJI, become the next DJI? Or are they trying to uh, add this as a, as a separate offering for their camera? What, what's the strategy, do you think?
1: Yeah, I thought about that a lot um, because the thing that's interesting about this is who does this appeal to? Sony camera users, right? I mean, if you fly Panasonic or if you're a if you're a um, Canon or a Nikon user, this is not that interesting, right? And so it's like, well, how many people are going to be intrigued with this thing? You've got to be interested enough to in getting fantastic aerial photography or videography that you're willing to actually pay for and buy the cameras and the lenses and invest in the system or this isn't this isn't something that's really attractive to you there are a lot of people that are intrigued by it, but it's like uh, and, and and I know some guys that have switched specifically to Sony specifically because of this drone and this system, but not a lot. But, um, you know, I, I've got friends that need super high resolution stills and they're like, oh my gosh, I I, I have two or three friends that are are um, either architectural or landscape photographers that are shooting medium format and for them, they're willing to, I mean, this is their first, the first time they're willing to say, okay, I'm going to get a drone. So some of the And I think that's some of the trouble is some of these guys don't have much drone experience and they're stepping into the space because they can finally get a camera that is up to snuff or up to their standards that will fly. And so I think that that's a a big group of people. And I think um, small filmmakers are also interested in this because, you, you know, this is like, this is, this is what you get if you, want to do your own filmmaking but you can't afford a red and a free fly alta that that is going to carry all that stuff so you know you can get an 8k image off of this and get really super high res with a, a big massive number of of lenses that you can choose from from everything from 14 to 85 millimeters i mean 85 millimeters on a full frame that I mean, that's that's. There's nothing else that will do that until you get into. Yep. I mean, we're not talking double the price. We're talking four times the price in or and so. Yep. So th- there's there's. I think Sony is looking at it and saying there's a lot of people between an Inspire two and a Free fr- Fly Alta in terms of capability of the drone. But it's not even the drone. It's really the capability of the camera and the ability to fly that camera, right? So um, I, I think that's really what they're looking at. And I think that's um, long-term, that's kind of where they're focused. It's It's been a little weird for me. They have one guy, and he's a nice guy that's out there demoing this thing. And he makes a living with drones, but he inspects cell phone towers. And I'm like, What? This is not a cell phone tower inspection drone. I, I mean, even if you put the 85 on and say, oh, I, I can get good close up pictures. I'm, I'm sorry. This still is not the right drone for you. I, I, wouldn't, I would never, ever expect somebody who inspects cell phone towers to get this. Um, but if somebody needs fantastic, no, low, battery. <laughs> yeah, not fantastic low light performance, like unprecedented. I, let me, let me put it this way. I don't know of a better low light high resolution platform that's out there. There isn't anything that will do a better picture than this in low light in high resolution whether it's video or stills. You know, I mean you if if you could I have a friend that has one of these what's it called it's uh is it the Monstro. He has the red that has that NASA chip in it that is the chip that was developed for NASA that's super good with low light. That is a heavy monster camera, you know, it, that doesn't fly. Um, I think that Sony actually made the the FX3, which is the lightest of the cameras that this will fly um, specifically for this drone. So you get that, which is basically a, a Sony a7S 3 and you put one of these lightweight lenses on it. You're going to get a full 12 minutes out of it because it's, Super light camera, super light lens, and uh, and obviously filmmakers love the a7S three. You know, it, it is a, of the um, ILCe I, I cameras or the, you know, the little cameras where you're not getting into a cine camera. That's probably the a7S three is probably the most respected camera in that space. And the FX3 is basically an A7S III that's stripped down so that the weight is off of it so it'll go on this thing and fly for a long time. And that, that for a lot of small filmmakers is going to give them capacity and ability that just isn't available any other way at this point. And I, I think that Sony has seen that and going, okay, you know, that's a niche that we can play in. Um, I, to begin with, I was going. You know, I wonder if they're going to come out with some other drones that are different um, sizes. I kind of wonder if they'll they'll put out something that's a bigger, heavy lift. Um, wouldn't it be interesting if you had the ability to to fly a Venice 2? I don't I I don't know, but if you could do that, um, I, that's a heavy camera too. It's like a Red, but if they put something out, I mean, really, they'd be they'd be putting out the next drone. If they did that, and and with some of the early um, marketing that they'd done, it kind of it sounds as if this is the first of a series of drones that they're talking about. I hope that happens. I don't know that it will, but uh, my gosh, if they could carry a Venice two, that's a big heavy lift. That's a big drone. We'll see. So,
0: um, what in your opinion should be Sony's next move in the consumer drone market?
1: Consumer drone market.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would. I would imagine (laughs) that. Or should they? Or should should they they? stick to (laughs) high end? I mean, what do you think?
1: I don't know, Kara. Because really, I can't. I kind of can't imagine being able to to more make this more consumer friendly. Um, you know, I mean they, they need to modify the software a bit. They need to pay attention to the feedback they're getting and and mess with the firmware more. Um and they're doing that. Um they need uh longer battery life on this thing a little bit. And while I'm not worried about it, it is imperative that they fix the remote. Um, it, but if you're asking if they should Come out with a smaller drone that will compete with DJI and DJI space in terms of, of Mavic or anything like that. I mean, it, I think it's interesting that Autel's even doing that because the Matrice, uh, i mean, I'm sorry, you gotta get the right names on these. The, the Mavic Cine 3 is really difficult to, to, it's, it's hard to compete with that. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that Autel's even doing it. Um, but, but one of the other things I told them is the fact that this company is Japanese that's releasing this and not Chinese. And so it's a real, I mean, they really made this stuff in Japan. Right. So, I mean, this drone was manufactured in a, a place where, where I I know that they're going after the certifications to allow it to be used um, on, for example, American military bases. Yeah. I, I, I know a company that's up in uh, Ogden, um, and this is not available at this point. But Ogden, Utah, has the F thirty five demo team there. They have to be very, very careful with what what they can fly and what they can't. Skydio, you, like like we can go up, or we could use the Skydio to fly and get images, imagery up there. But you can't fly this. You can't fly anything from DJI for sure. Um, to, to try to do that type of work. And I, I'm like, I think you should, I think you should, uh, make sure that you get those, um, approvals to make it so that this is government friendly. And, and I don't see why they can't. I mean, what other country has an F-35? Oh, Japan, right? So, um, I, I don't think that they're going to have any trouble doing that where that will never happen with any drone that's manufactured in China. Um, but at the same time, I I don't know if it would be a smart move for them yet to move into a completely consumer type space or prosumer type space where they're competing with with Autel and DJI and and uh, and Skydio and everything like that with the little tiny drones. I don't know that there's a, a niche that is available there. I, I I mean, I suppose there could be. If they, I mean, they've already developed the software, they've already, de- they're going to have worked on the remote. If they can come up with something that works better, like the OcuSync system that DJI has, um, I, I think that there could be room for some of these things, but, um, I, I wouldn't be able to prognosticate well enough or accurately enough to tell them that that's a good idea or that that's the next place that they should move. Cause I, I, Yeah, it it doesn't seem like it to me. So,
2: it's it's a tough it's a tough market. mm -hmm. It's a really difficult market to peek in for sure. So, um, well, we're we're getting towards the end of the show. Uh, This was an amazing discussion with tons of details on this drone, and we may have answered my question already that I'm going to ask next. But, uh, what is your favorite drone to fly?
1: Uh, That depends. I love this one and I don't love the flying experience of it, but I am so excited when I get home to see what I've captured with it. I am. Um, I mean, yep. I, I, you, it's one of those things where you get home and I'm sure we've all had that experience where it's like you call your buddy on the phone and you're like, I'm going to send you something. You got to see this. And mm-hmm. I haven't had that experience for a while let me tell you, I, I have to, the Mavic three low light capability for video, it, the Mavic three Cine that I've got is really dang good. And it's like, you know, sometimes I come home with video from that low light blue hour video. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I have sent that to buddies and said, you've got to see this. This is, a, this was really amazing. But the stills that come off of this, these sensors from this drone are unreal and they're so fun to work with. We all, well, those of us who have, have used a, a super high resolution raw that came off of a sensor from one of these, um, you know, this level of camera know what that's like to edit, know what that's like to put together and play with. And it is a very different experience than, than editing a DNG off of my now, uh, what four and a half year old, uh, I think they're five years old, but my four and a half year old X7 camera on my Inspire 2. And so, um, yes, I, this, in that sense, this is my favorite drone. And it's the one that I really like, um, like flying and playing with. Um, the Skydio is also amazing. My, you know, the, the ability that that has to follow me on my mountain bike is unreal. It's magic. Um, so, I, I think the interesting, I've, I've watched so many people and you, I'm sure you guys have too, where they're taking their Mavic out and they're saying, what, watch this thing, follow me. And it crashes into trees or into different things. And I'm like, you're using the wrong drone for the, for the, what you're trying to do with that. And I know that yep. you, they're mad because, you know, DJI has represented that it does this well. It's just the wrong drone. You don't, don't use that for that purpose. Uh, but Um, I mean, I would never, I would never try to use, you know, one drone is designed for one thing and another drone is designed for another thing. That's why I own a bunch of them. So,
2: yeah, it's a tool. Tool, you got to use yeah. the right tool for, for the job. So, well, thank you so much, yeah. Drew. We really appreciate you coming on the show and, and talking all about your experience. Uh, this has been very enlightening. Uh, you can find more information about Drew if you want. Uh, his work is available on drewarmstrong.com. Uh, also, his uh, real estate agency is utahrealestate.net. We'll put links down in the description. Uh, Pixel Drone Show airs every week, every Tuesday. We post a new episode, and you can find us on YouTube or any of the podcast platforms that you like to use. And uh, make sure that you subscribe to the channel. This helps us uh, bring uh, more uh, more uh, great guests like Drew today. And uh, that's it. We'll see you guys next week. And Drew, thanks again for being with us.